Welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and I'm always glad that you have joined us. We've got a busy show ahead of you today. In a little bit, we're going to have Neil Barclay, the CEO of the Charles H. Wright Museum, here to talk about the Juneteenth celebration that is taking place at the museum soon. And then Chris Collins, who is the president of the Detroit Jazz Festival, is going to join us to talk about the 40th anniversary of the Jazz Festival and the rich, rich history of jazz here in the city of Detroit. So you're going to want to stay tuned to both of those conversations. They will get started at about half past the hour. But first, prosecutors have dropped all remaining charges in the Flint water case. But they say they're launching a new probe into the crisis and could still refile charges against those people who are already charged and maybe against others. Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel's office says this is necessary because, quote, all available evidence was not pursued when former Attorney General Bill Schuette was in charge of the investigation. That's where we begin the conversation today. And my guest is Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel, who's here to explain what is going on in the Flint water crisis. Dana, welcome to Detroit Today. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So uh, talk about what led you to this decision to drop these charges. This was a pretty dramatic uh, news event yesterday. The, the reaction on social media was really interesting. I don't know that a lot of people were expecting this. Give us a window into your thinking here. Well, first of all, let's say that it's not my thinking. Um, you know, when I, when I came into office, I had to make a, a decision as to what side of the conflict wall I was going to be on because our office was handling all of these civil cases that were pending uh, against the state and state agencies and state actors. Uh, but then there were the criminal cases, too. So we built, you know, a conflict wall was in place. Uh, I chose to be on the civil side uh, of the conflict wall, and I'm, you know, participating in the civil cases. But what I wanted to make sure of is that the criminal cases were being handled properly. Uh, and, you know, I had a lot of concerns, and I talked about them, I think, to you during the campaign, mm-hmm. uh, that, you know, the cases were not being handled properly under Bill Schuette and that uh, his uh, office's special counsel, Todd Flood, who was handling the cases, you know, what, what, that a proper investigation perhaps had not been done and that the right people, uh, all the right people had not been charged. And we wanted to make certain that the people who were charged were truly culpable and, and, and not political scapegoats and that, you know, the right people were sought and charged. But all my worst fears, honestly, were confirmed during the transition after I was elected but before I took office when suddenly you saw Todd Flood plead seven of these felony cases down to 90-day misdemeanors under advisement. That means you don't even end up with a criminal conviction at all. So, of course, now I'm thinking, how strong were these cases in the first place? And were they only charged to help um, Bill Schuette become governor? So I wanted to put the best people possible in charge since I wasn't going to be able to handle the cases. So I, I appointed my Solicitor General, Fadwa Hamoud, and uh, Prosecutor Kim Worthy, to handle the cases. And, and here, you know, these are career prosecutors with a lifetime of public service who have demonstrated, you know, a clear record of nonpartisan, objective, unbiased investigations and prosecutions uh, for years and years. And so I, what I know from, from looking at the public record on this, and so of course I'm not privy to their conversations, is that um, they indicated that when they came in, they discovered they only had a fraction of the documents and the electronic devices that existed in this case. Um, and they did what Todd Flood didn't, which is they executed a number of search warrants 
and they executed those on state agencies, uh, and in doing so, received millions and millions of documents and dozens and dozens of devices that had never been reviewed. Uh, so they indicated that they thought it was important that before moving forward on any cases, that they review these extra millions and millions of, uh, of documents in order to make certain that they were charging the right people. Hmm. And that's what they did. So uh, Bill Schutte, who, who was the attorney general before you were, had a lot to say about this yesterday on social media. He talks about the number of charges that were brought, uh, about the team that he put together. Uh, and he says, you know, uh, they were aggressive and hard driving and that everything they did was for the people of Flint. You seem to be uh, impeaching that position. I absolutely am. I mean, how do you go from having what I understand to be under a million documents to now, uh, just after the execution of those uh, search warrants, I think there's something in the neighborhood of 20 million documents. And how do you go from having what seemed to be uh, a handful of uh, the devices that these um, state actors had possessed during the course of this incident to now several dozen of them? And, And how do you say that this is a proper investigation when, when you have all of this uh, material that's never been reviewed. And I think it would have been irresponsible for uh, the criminal team and for Prosecutor uh, Worthy and Solicitor General Hamoud to move forward on those cases without having done this thorough and comprehensive investigation. But the thing that I think people should remember is this. All of those cases were dismissed without prejudice. That means they can all be refiled. Uh, and I expect that what you'll see is after all of this new evidence has been reviewed, there probably will be many cases that are refiled. Uh, and, you know, who knows who will be charged or what those charges will be. All I know is that any new charges that come will come after all of the evidence has been reviewed. So, so would it be fair to say uh, that your assessment and the, the, the team that you've put together, their assessment of this is that this was not handled seriously enough and that, if we see new charges, they might be uh, uh, for uh, uh, more serious crimes. Uh, in other words, that that you might be more aggressive in the way that you charge people in the future. Uh, I think clearly that was their statement, and I know that I've seen statements where they have talked about a number of people uh, that died from Legionnaires disease that. Seemingly, they, you know, were, no one was ever charged. There were no investigations that were done into those deaths. I saw that talked about. Um, and, you know, I, it's, it's such a large number. Um, the volume is so great of the information that was never reviewed in this case. You know, I, I, I don't think that it would be improbable to see a number of new people charged that have never been charged and a number of new charges filed, uh, potentially against some of the same people that were already charged. But remember, the important thing is that they can ensure that anyone who is criminally culpable can be charged. And I have every confidence that they're actually going to do that. And they talk about the concept of, you know, justice delayed is justice denied. But I just don't think that's real justice when you have this huge volume of material that was never reviewed in the first place. That's not a real investigation. So, so I'm just going to come out and, and ask it. Uh, the, the big question mark in this investigation has almost always been over the governor's office and not just the governor, but the other folks who worked there, what role they played in in the decisions that led to the water crisis in Flint. Is this a a signal that uh, that the, the investigation will move more aggressively in that direction? 
uh, are you maybe considering charging Rick Snyder uh, in in a way that uh, Bill Schuette never never uh, contemplated? Well, all I can say is this, and again, when you say me, again, I'm not going to be the one doing it. It's sure. going to be the criminal team that I talked about. Um, but I, what I know about uh, about Kim Worthy, I mean, you've been following her career for many years, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, does he seem like the kind of person that would be afraid to charge top-level people if she had the evidence to sustain those charges? Of course not. Yeah, I mean, right. I, so, I, and I've known Kim a long time, and uh, <laughs> so I, I expect that if there uh, is evidence, if there are facts, if there's the law um, on their side, and they see high-level officials that they believe were complicit uh, in crimes against uh, the residents of uh, the city of Flint. Yeah, I do expect absolutely that you know those charges will be brought forward. But I also expect that once they've reviewed all that material, if they find that there isn't the proper evidence, I know that Kim Worthy and Fadwa Hamoud would never charge anyone who didn't actually deserve to be charged. Um, you know, they are true prosecutors, true you know public servants, and um, they don't have a political agenda. And that's why I thought it was so important for them to handle these cases. Uh, do you feel like uh, Bill Schuette had a political agenda here? And is that part of what the, the, the problem was with the way the investigation was conducted? Well, I don't think I've been very shy about criticizing Bill Schuette and the way this investigation was handled. Right. Uh, I, I thought it should have been handled by career prosecutors and civil servants to begin with. I thought it was very odd that you would farm this out to a private law firm in a no-bid contract, uh, you know, and when I saw that the Nick Lyon case, um, I think it took some 10 or 11 months to bind it over. Well, that's what happens when you pay people by the hour, right? Hmm. Um, and that's why you don't give prosecutors an incentive to charge or not to charge uh, financially. Uh, I always think that that's a terrible idea. And you want people who work for the government. So I, I always was suspect, and I was suspect of the timing of the charges because it seemed to coincide with uh, Bill Schuette's run for governor, and that concerned me a lot. So to be fair, there were there were a number of other people involved in this investigation. Uh, Andy Arena, for instance, uh, former head of the FBI uh, in Detroit, was was deeply involved, uh, and, and some other folks. I mean, it wasn't as though they just had Todd Flood, a private attorney, handling this. But but is your criticism that, that he was in charge of this uh, and that uh, that he was not maybe the right, the, the right person with the right background to handle this kind of thing? All I have to say is that I don't think the investigation was handled properly. And if these prosecutions were so solid, you know, why were so many of them pled out to nothing misdemeanors? You know, I mean, this was over $8 million dollars uh, for this investigation and these prosecutions, which dragged out and dragged out. Um, and, um, you know, it, it seemed like if, if you're going to plead somebody out to a 90-day misdemeanor that you then dismissed, you know what I mean? I, it, just, it, it just didn't seem right to me when I saw the kinds of cases that were being charged and then the kinds of plea offers that were being made so quickly right before I took office, when, when Todd Flood presumably knew that either myself or, or my team was going to be evaluating his work. Hmm. So, you know, and, and when they got in there, I mean, obviously, they all of my deepest concerns came to fruition because, you know, as the criminal team has said, stated publicly, they had very little in the way of the information that was really out there. And that's why they went about 
getting these search warrants and, and executing them and receiving some 20 times the information uh, that the Office of Special Counsel ever had previous to that. Yeah. Uh, my guest is Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. We're talking about the decision yesterday to drop all the remaining charges uh, in the Flint water crisis uh, that happened because uh, investigators have determined that there was not enough evidence collected uh, during that investigation to really figure out who should be charged and how they should be charged. Uh, they're going to go back now and redo all of that work uh, and perhaps in anticipation of new charges being filed, maybe against the people who had charges dropped against them this week, and maybe against people who were never charged. Uh, If you want to join the conversation, if you've got a question for the Attorney General, give us a call. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phone. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. Uh, and we'll try to work you into the conversation. Uh, before we go to the phones, Dana, I, I, you, you said we've spent $8 million already on this investigation, and in your estimation, we didn't come up with a whole lot. Uh, but going forward, uh, if we redo that investigation and, and do it more deeply, as you say that you've uh, asked the investigators to do, what what kind of cost are we looking at uh, overall? I mean, are we are we going to respend that kind of money uh, again, uh, investigating uh, investigating what happened in Flint? Well, I I highly doubt it. And the fact is, whatever is already there, it has it hasn't been lost. I mean, that testimonies are already on the record, mm-hmm. and that um, information has been developed out of at least the. Um, you know, the materials that were, you know, in with the Office of Special Counsel in the first place. But, yeah, they're going to have to go through all of the new information that they have now, and they're going to have to, you know, vet through that and see what information they can glean from it. But I don't think it's going to cost anywhere near what we've seen, you know, this investigation uh, cost in the past. And uh, I think they'll go through it very rapidly, and they're, you know, they have statute of limitations issues too. So they know they have to get through this information very, very quickly, uh, because on most crimes there's a six-year statute of limitations. Sure, and we're coming and up on. So uh... it's not going to take anywhere near the time that we've seen in the past. And again, that's what happens when you're not paying people hourly. They don't tend to stretch things out unnecessarily. Hmm. Uh, what about timelines? Uh, can you put a a, a hard timeline on this investigation on on the decision about new charges? Well, I can't, you know, because obviously I'm not the one who's handling it, but I'm just saying from uh, looking in from the outside, but obviously having a lot of knowledge about how the system works, um, you know, they have to get through this information in enough time that if there are people to be charged, they can still charge them. Um, and so they are working against the clock, but I know they're working um, – as industriously as possible, uh, as quickly as possible. And I, I don't think we're going to see this dragged out for a very long time. But I'm saying this, you know, if, if the process takes an extra six months or takes an extra year, what have you, to ensure that the correct people have all been charged and that there's no one who's been charged that should not have been charged, I think that, you know, justice delayed is not always justice denied. And I feel very bad for the residents of the city of Flint. But all I can say is I wasn't in office before. I didn't have the opportunity to handle these cases or to ensure that the right people were handling these cases. But I think, but I know now that we have the right people who are in charge. And I have 
every expectation uh, that um, Tim Worthy and Fadwa Hamoud will do the right thing and make certain that justice is at long last delivered to the residents of Flint. Yeah, I, I want to ask you about that idea of the residents of Flint who've waited a very long time to get uh, some semblance of what you might call justice uh, done here. Um, this is yet another kind of delay. I mean, that's it's not the purpose of it, obviously, but uh, it, this drags out the, the the delivery of that justice, I guess, a little longer. How do you how do you explain that uh, to the people of Flint who who continue to wait? Well, I, I would say to them that I'm very sorry that this process wasn't done correctly. Um, but you have people in that in in the office now who really care and who want to make certain um, that there is justice and it's done properly. Um, but you know, as as you know, prosecutors, I mean, they have to go about their work in the right way, and they can't know that there is some you know what twenty times the information that they had ever had that they now have in their hands and expect to go forward on the the old cases when they didn't have all the information. Um, That's not right. And they have to do things properly and thoroughly, Um, but they'll get there, you know? And and I know that one of the concerns when I talk to people in Flint, and I went there many, many times during the campaign, and I've been there since I've been in office, um, is that people are suspect of these prosecutions. They're not sure that they were done correctly either, but this will be a way to guarantee that these prosecutions are performed properly and that the investigation was as thorough and comprehensive as possible. Uh, let's quickly take a call before we have to break. Uh, Jacob in Ypsilanti. What's on your mind, Jacob? Hey, Steve. I'm just curious, how uh, can our uh, district, how can our state's attorney's office claim a wall of separation yet seem to be actively managing this new investigation? I mean, it seems kind of like a double standard, you know. You're not happy with the way that the independent council uh, or independent office was handling it. Hmm. So you've decided to, you know, change it up. But you also claim to be, you know, being the, you know, taking the role of the defendants and you claim to have a wall of separation. It just seems like, uh, Hmm. I mean, it just claims to be talking, you know. Seems yeah. to be a double standard. Yeah, Jacob, that's a great question. I, I really appreciate the call. How do you how do you address that, Dana? Uh, well, I'm not handling anything on the criminal side. Uh, I didn't even know that the charges were going to be dropped until my solicitor general called me about an hour before just to notify me that they were planning to do that. So I put these people in charge, and everything that I'm talking to you about today. This all comes from the public record. I have read their um, press releases. I have read transcripts of the motions that have been filed. I have listened to the arguments made in public court. Uh, and I am an observer to this process just like anybody else. But I happen to be somebody who spent, you know, 11 years at the Wayne County Prosecutor's Office as a, as a prosecutor, as a system prosecutor. And the remainder of my career... Uh, up until I became attorney general uh, as a criminal defense attorney. So I I do have a lot of knowledge about the criminal justice system. And so everything that I'm saying right now is from the perspective of someone who is watching this happening, but who has as much information as anybody does, uh, who, you know, that, that has been released to the public sphere. But I am on the civil side of the wall, and I don't have private conversations uh, with either Kim Worthy or Fadwa Hamoud about what they're doing. Um, I find out about it when you find out about it. Okay, Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel, always great to have you here with us on Detroit Today. Thanks for thanks so much for having me. Yeah.
All right, up next, we're going to talk about Juneteenth, the holiday that celebrates the day Texas announced slaves were free back in 1865. We're going to talk with the CEO of Detroit's Charles H. Wright Museum about the Juneteenth celebrations there this weekend. Stay with us on Detroit Today. Detroit Today.